Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Welcome to Mitchell Levy Presents AHA Moments. Mitchell is a thought leader, entrepreneur, and TEDx speaker who helps you think big and lead an authentic life. Each week, Mitchell gives leaders the inspiration they need to make a greater impact and share their genius with the world. Now, here's Mitchell Levy. Hold on to your seats. This is an amazing episode. It's originally from the show Grow Your 1099 with Mitchell Levy and Josh Jones, where we talk about door-to-door selling and how to actually sell effectively. And we have Ben Gay. Actually, we have Ben Gay Third, And this man is a living legend. Uh, Zig Ziglar is somebody who uh, used to work for him, as well as Earl Nightingale. Napoleon Hill uh, was his mentor. This man has done such amazing things in his life. And to listen to the living legacy talk is absolutely spectacular. So hold on your seats. Listen to this episode. It is going to rock your world. Hi, Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That with another episode of Grow Your 1099 with Josh Jones. Good morning, everybody. Actually, yeah. good afternoon. We're good morning, good afternoon, from. good evening, and evening. good day to everyone. And uh, hey, I am so excited. These are two men, obviously slightly different age groups that I just absolutely adore. They both have set their minds on things and done so many amazing things in life. And, and Josh, given your propensity to continually learn, continually self-improve, you've read all of the works of each and every one of the people that uh, uh, Ben Gay III, Benjamin Franklin III, has written. Um, I'm sorry, and all his friends have written that I thought, I'm just going to pass the ball to you and say, please go. It's it's your show. First of all, Ben, I just want to say welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. My honor. Um, We are, we are super pleased to have you. Mitchell, could you, could you give us a little bit of an introduction on, on, uh, on Ben? I can, but I don't think I could do as good of a job as Ben can. But what I'll say, I'll say a little bit, and then, Ben, it's all yours, right? So um, here's a man who has life has given him, and I'm going to give it from the perspective of those people who are our audience. Life has always given him interesting opportunities, including (laughs) the name that he was given at birth. And he's taken each and every one of those opportunities and taking them to – you know, whether there have been good things or bad things, he's always been able to make lemonade out of either the lemons or out of the Rolls Royces, or in some cases, are you ready, the companies that he was given. And life has been amazing for him. So the folks that he worked with and interacted with are, you know, all of the major players that we've talked about and looked at, uh, the Zig Ziglar's, they're all Nightingale, the um, Napoleon Hill. As a matter of fact, I, uh, I mentioned one of the books that we, uh, that we did. Uh, we took one of Napoleon Hill's, and we we're working on another one now. So, Ben, do you want to add a little bit to that in terms of, you know, the closers and what you've been doing there and, and so on? 
Sure. Uh, I'm just a salesperson who sort of got lucky. I saw an ad in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution one day. said, if you know anything about marketing plans and want to make more money, dial this number. Well, I didn't know anything. I didn't know what a marketing plan was, but I need to make more money because I was putting my first wife, who's since passed away, through nursing school on $100 a week. Now, you have to adjust that for inflation. It wasn't quite as bad as it sounds today, but it was bad. And uh, so I stepped into what turned out to be a rocket ship, uh, cleverly disguised as a phone booth on Atlanta's uh, Peachtree Street, dialed the number, began to interview the uh, gentleman who answered the phone, Bill Dempsey, uh, because I was about to bless him perhaps with my presence and about three or four minutes into uh, the uh, my, uh, well, tell me who you are and what is your marketing plan. And uh, I'm Ben Gay with Brown Gay Food Brokerage Company. Of course, I didn't mention that the Gay and Brown Gay was my father, not me, uh, and had been my uncle before my father. So uh, just as I was sort of warming up to interview him, Bill Dempsey said, Mr. Gay, I'm not the man standing in a phone booth answering want ads. Where are you? And I told him, and uh, he said, good, you're three, four blocks from my office, 1447 West Peachtree Street, Suite 300. Be standing in front of my desk in 10 minutes or don't ever dial this number again. And he hung up. And my running buddy, uh, business, running buddy from high school, worked for my father also and became my business partner greatest salesman I've ever personally worked with, Jimmy Rucker, pulled around his car, and I jumped into it like Batman and Robin. I said, quick, 1447 piece. And he said, what's up? And I said, we're going to be rich. I figured anybody was arrogant enough to hang up on somebody after they'd run an ad to get people might have something going for them. So I went skidding into the office with a minute or two to spare, introduced myself, turned around, and they said, have a seat turned around and there was a curly-headed guy sitting there and I said hi my name is Ben Gay what's yours and he said Ben Gay and went into all the Ben Gay jokes and uh, when he finished I said what's your name he said Zig Ziglar and I said with a name like Zig Ziglar you're making fun of Ben Gay you got to be because <laughs> I'd never heard of him and nor had anybody else he was a cookware salesman from Columbia South Carolina so that was sort of the rocket ship I stepped into. Before I left the office that day, Bill Dempsey gave me, I have it right behind me in a bookcase, uh, an old scratched up copy uh, uh, record of The Strangest Secret by Earl Nightingale. And he gave me an old beat up copy of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And he said, listen to this, read this, you're going to need it. Because I was 22, I guess, and uh, uh, just full of myself for no reason. I had nothing going for me at all, except a wife who would like to have her tuition paid. So uh, I listened to the book, read the record, got involved in the training, didn't do well in the beginning because I didn't listen to instructions. I didn't learn the script. I didn't do anything. I thought personality would carry me along. And uh, fast forward, they ran a contest. I beat them all. That was about six months on, six months to 18 months on, and uh, I won the mystery prize. Second prize was a Rolls Royce. Third was a Lincoln Continental. First prize was a mystery mystery. Well, it turned out it was presidency of the company, and I later asked the owner of the company, William Penn Patrick, why was it a mystery prize? And he said, because if I didn't like who won, I would have changed the prize. So I, I said, 
you must like me. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm in. So one day, not too long after that, uh, a whole bunch of people would stay at our house because we had a big home near the corporate office in San Rafael, California. One night, uh, Earl is there, Earl Nightingale, and Dr. Napoleon Hill is there. We're having dinner, and I was telling pretty much the story I just told you. And they said, well, uh, did, did our stuff help? And I said, well, you're sitting in a 7,000 or whatever it was square foot home in Marin County, and you both work for me. So, yeah, it, uh, <laughs> your material helped, <laughs> helped a lot. <laughs> Minus your book, Dr. Hill, and your record, Earl, I'm not sure we'd all be sitting here together. So that was it. I've been in selling since I was, I had my first business when I was 14, employed in the growing season, about 20 kids in the lawn mowing business. I did the selling, the inspecting, and the collecting, split the money with them, but we got more money under that system. So by the time we split the money, they got about what they would have gotten anyway, and I got what I would have gotten had I mowed the lawn, and I didn't like mowing lawns. I'm not a manual laborer. I found out early in my career and uh, and on down the line. And Josh, with your uh, uh, direct sales door-to-door background, you'll be happy to know the first sale I remember was a box of Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> and my father told me how to knock on the door and step back. In the South, everybody has a screen door. Step back almost out of sight, so they had to open the screen door to see who was there. Mm-hmm. Hand them the Krispy Kreme donuts. Say, it's Krispy Kreme donut time. Don't ask them. Just hand it to them. They'll take possession and collect your whatever it was. I don't know what a dozen Krispy Kreme donut sells for now or then, but whatever it was, I still remember the thrill of when that lady went inside, got her purse, came back, and paid me. And I thought, oh, this is nice. And about 30 days later, 40 days later maybe, uh, the delivery truck brought me my brand-new bright red 26-inch Columbia bicycle I won selling donuts. That was a fundraiser. I wasn't making money, but uh, Mm -hmm. I I, I won a a bike. And I remember thinking, I really like this. I like the transaction. and uh, it paid off in the lawn mowing business. And then over the years, I've worked for and or trained people with Kirby and Rainbow and, and uh, just about home improvement people door to door. And the other day, the neighbor right across the street had solar put in. I told Gigi, don't answer the door for the next 30 days. <laughs> she said, why? <laughs> I said, because every solar person in the area will see the new system. And of course the company put it in, they were there immediately, but then the Uh others will see the new system and knock on the door and point out that we don't yet have solar. And uh, so sure enough, you know, on a regular basis. And then we have a a intercom system. I said, just put your card under the mat. One guy said, there's already five here. I said, well, become the sixth one, put it down, get it under the mat. So, I, I, I dread it when somebody gets new roofing, new siding, solar, or whatever, because they fan out, as they should, and start rapping on the doors. So that's pretty much it. I, I, I still, oddly enough, go door-to-door from time to time. If I write a sales script for somebody, I go test it uh, first, and uh, sometimes down in Sacramento. But up here, 
people, uh, one lady opened the door one day and there I was standing there. The last time I was there, it was with Kirby and the next time was with whomever. And this time happened to be with ADP, ADT, ADT, whatever it is, the fire alarm people, uh, alarm people. And she opened the door and she said, lay it on me because she knew I wasn't selling whatever it was. I just wanted to test the script. So I keep, I keep my finger in. And unlike a lot, I'm not knocking other sales trainers, but I grew up in the business with people who were sales trainers. And as I got to know them and they came to work for me, I discovered they hadn't sold anything in 30 or 40 years. And in some cases, they'd never sold anything. Mm. Well, I'm On my business card, it says first, salesman. And then it goes on to sales trainer, consultant, and so nice. on. I'm first and foremost a salesman. I've written several orders this morning. We'll write several more before the day's over. Some small, some big. And it's what I love. I absolutely love it. And when I see you, Josh, because uh, you're about the age I was when I started getting some traction, I just get, I get a thrill out of it because I know what's ahead of you. Not all of it good. <laughs> oh no <laughs> but i know what's ahead of you that's a long as usual uh that's a long answer to a short question uh, but what a great what a great episode thanks everyone yeah, for joining yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> that is that is amazing i could i could sit here and listen listen to this all day this is just absolutely amazing hearing about just your your life hearing about the experiences that you've had I, um, I, the, the thought that I had when you, when you said that about salesmen first, I, I, I had a, a leader who talked about if you stop selling and you're in a leadership position, suddenly you become irrelevant yep. where True. you don't actually understand the full process. You don't understand how everything works. So you can't empathize with people. You can't relate with them. You don't really understand the full process. So that's, that's why as, as the, the CEO of, of the company that I, I work with, um, I, I'm actually out there selling side by side with all of the employees and I'm actually leading the sales as much as I possibly can, selling as much as I possibly can. And that was one of the things that when we talked about uh, last time, I was like, Mitchell, um, we need to bring a rainmaker, a rainmaker onto the show. And he's like, oh, we can, we can get a rainmaker. And that's why you are here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's actually something that I, I'd love to hear about is, is how did you get to that point? Um, and what, what can people take away today? What is advice that you would give people listening right now of how they can get to that point of basically being a rainmaker, being a, a leader in sales? Oh, and, and Ben, before you, I'd like to just add a small seasoning to that question because I, I just wrote, Josh, what you just said was so brilliant. It's when you're in a leadership position and you stop selling, whether that you're a company of one or you're the CEO of a multi-billion dollar publicly traded company, when you stop selling, you become irrelevant. And so I just, I just there are many companies who don't understand that. There are many people who don't understand that. So I just wanted you to season that in, uh, Ben, if you can on your answer. Yeah, absolutely true. I, I can't say, you know, a lot of, I've reached that age where almost everything I know is hindsight. 
So I can't say that I set out with that in mind. Uh, I, it just seemed natural to me. My father was very successful in business, but he got up every morning, put on his suit and tie, and went and sold stuff. Uh, he didn't sit in his office. But I rarely, I, don't, I almost can't picture my father in his office. I picture him leaving the house in the morning and coming back as the sun set uh, with his briefcase or his samples or what have you and uh, talking about what he did that day, what he sold that day. So I just thought that's what you were supposed to do. And, of course, in the very beginning, I didn't have a whole lot of choice. I didn't have a, a salary or anything to lean back on, so I had to keep selling. But I quickly figured out, part of it in hindsight, that if you're going to stand up in front of a group of people, and one of the reasons I lost faith in several people who trained me, they'll remain nameless, uh, was I'm out there doing it, and when you're out there doing it and someone's talking to you about it, it's real quick that they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, you just you just know. Uh, we have a friend who's a doctor. We were at a social gathering, and this blowhard idiot who was, was there for some reason, the husband of somebody, sat down across from uh, Jerry, the doctor, and began to tell him his views of medicine. And I could see Jerry fighting to keep his eyes from crossing. He didn't want to be rude, uh, but he didn't want to hear it either. And I, there were a lot of sales trainers and senior people who maybe had had their day. And it's not a matter of age. I don't want to hear about old-fashioned this or old-school this or whatever. Uh, I, I make more sales than most viewers of this show will make this week. I'll make them this day before it's over. Uh, so, uh, it's not old school. I hear a challenge, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I, I've been uh, number one everywhere I've ever been in selling, and I was talking to Ali Rita the other day. I don't I hope if you haven't heard of him, get him on your show. He broke Joe Girard's 44-year record for most cars sold uh, in, a, in a year. He sold 1,582 cars in 19 in, in 2017 oh, that's wow. about five or six a day but is actually more than that because uh, Ali doesn't work on weekends uh, he takes religious holidays off and he spends time with his kids and I, I don't mean he's a slackered but he has a system and a procedure so anyway I'm fond of saying I'm number one this number one that and so on and uh Somebody, whoever was interviewing me with Ali also, Noel Walsh was interviewing me and Ali was on the split screen. He said, so you could beat Ali if you went there? And I said, we'll never know because I'm not stupid enough to go into that dealership <laughs> and go head to head with a guy who's selling 1,582 cars a year, who's been there 10 years. He's got the momentum behind him, you know, now, but it wasn't a lucky year. I'm quoting from memory, but Four or five years ago, he sold 900, then he sold 1,000, then he sold 1,100. It's building. So we just presented him. I'm the executive director of the National Association of Professional Salespeople. We just gave him a great big plaque, you're the best there ever was, and a trophy, and so on. And he said, and I'll be proud to hand it to the next person, because it was a little squabble about Joe Girard not wanting to give up his 44-year title, uh, uh -huh. deny, denying that he got his butt whipped. But it took 44 years to whip it. So, you know, God bless them both. But I, Ali said, I will graciously present the trophy to the next guy. And I said, well, with your momentum and the fact you're not a salesman, you're a selling machine, the next person is going to be you. 
<laughs> and probably the next person after that and so on. And maybe 40 years from now, you can take the newest trophy and present it to somebody. Um, so th- there are situations and people, Josh, you may well be one in the solar industry where I probably would just as soon not go up against you head to head. But if you put Ali and me in a dealership where neither one of us had a following and, and I had time to find out how you sell, I mean, you know, I know where the steering wheel is and the accelerator and the brakes, and that's about the extent of my car knowledge. Give me a little product knowledge. Uh, I'm confident I could beat him. But not in that situation with that momentum with what he's done. He has done exactly what a salesperson is supposed to do. And from what I've heard about you, Josh, you've done the same thing. I mean, making the kind of money you're making, knocking on doors is astounding. There are people who wouldn't believe that. Uh, and, and when Ali sold 1,582, I have it stuck here on the side of my computer so that I don't forget the number. When Ali sold 1,582 cars, instead of congratulations, congratulations, typical salespeople from all over the world said, nonsense, not possible. He didn't do it. You know, well, I've got pictures of the boxes they brought out for the audit when Joe Girard sued him. He sold 1,582 brand new cars in 12 months. Mm. So uh, I, do, I love meeting people like that, Josh. I love meeting people like you. Looking at you, t- to me, is like looking into a time machine, except my hair wasn't that dark. Uh, I know right where you are. I know what's coming, good and bad. There'll be some ups and downs. Let me. I, I, Mitchell has been kind enough to remind me from time to time that I'm a Southerner. And so if you ask me a question that could be yes or no, I talk for 20 minutes. Let me t- tell you a quick one. <laughs> I'm at some award banquet in San Francisco being given some award. Uh, now I get lifetime achievement awards. Back then it was giving money to somebody or whatever. And uh, there's this guy sitting next to me who was getting a lesser award. He wasn't Ben Gay. But it was, I'm sure it was a nice little award he was getting. And they're up talking at the dais about how wonderful I am and this is that. And he did this and he ran this big company. And this guy keeps eating in his salad. I mean, it didn't even look up. He's eating his salad, eating his salad. I got up and talked for a few minutes, sat back down. I noticed while I was talking, he kept eating whatever was in front of him at that time. And so when I sat down with my sparkling personality, I said, I get the feeling you're not quite as impressed with me as some people in this room are. And he gave me a little half smile and he said, Ben, after you crash and burn, and if you then make a comeback, I will stand and cheer with the rest of them. Right now, this could be just beginner's luck. I thought, whoa, that isn't what Ben Gay, the award winner, wanted to hear, but it was true. And I did crash and burn since that lunch twice. And I can't, and I wish I could find him. I don't even know his name, but I wish I could find him to say, A, you were right, and B, I came back twice. Although I'm sure, Ben, that's not what you were thinking when no, you said No, it's not that. what I was thinking. It's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, the, uh, I, I don't mean to attribute it to luck and look like I'm trying to be overly humble because I'm not, but. Uh, a lot of it uh, was luck and hard work. Uh, I, I learned the scripts. It took a threat to be thrown out of the company by my sponsor. 
Uh, he asked me not to come to the meetings anymore because I didn't know the scripts. Therefore, I wasn't bringing anybody. But since I was there every, every night, people would raise their hand, which meant I need help. And he said, then you'll go over and help them. But you don't know that script either. So you wind off blowing off their people. And you can't help from the front of the room because you haven't learned the opportunity meeting script. So you can't do any good. Basically, what you're doing is depressing people. And uh, so I don't want you to come back. Well, we had $5,000, today's money, $50,000 sunk into this business. And now I can't come back to meetings where you do your selling. Uh, not acceptable. So I said to Bill Dempsey, what do I have to do? And he said, learn the scripts. You can stand in front of my desk and give me word for word the recruiting script, the invitation script, come to the meeting. Word for word, the 47-minute presentation we give in front of rooms. Word for word, the six closes we give to a prospect after the meeting and the film is run. It said, turn to the person who brought you here and ask how you can get started. When you can do all that, you can come back to meetings. About 10 days later, I stood in front of his desk where I just interviewed six months before uh, with Zig. And I did all that. He said, fine, now go get some people. The next night or two later, I walked in with five prospects, which was five more than I had in the previous six months because I used the recruiting script, which I later had Earl Nightingale record on a record so the distributors didn't have to learn it. They had to hand them a record and make sure they listened to it. And uh, then, uh, so I, I didn't do the meeting from the front of the room. Dempsey didn't trust me yet, but I did the invitation, turned to the person who brought you here, got out my legal pad, started drawing circles, and that night, adjusted for inflation, I made $25,000. I got five out of five. I'm making $100 a week in my real life. I made 25000 that night, five years income and uh, uh, at, at my $100 a week pace. And again, like selling the Krispy Kreme donuts, I was hooked. And I figured out if you come early, stay late, work on weekends, learn the presentation, learn the product backwards, and, and follow the first secret of selling. 85% of all the problems in selling go away if you sell a quality product that's or service that's competitively priced, and you spend your day talking to qualified people. If you do those three things, selling is pretty much, the game is pretty much over. And then learn your presentation so that you can do it effectively. Hal Holbrook, the guy who does Mark Twain, memorized nine and a half hours of Mark Twain material. He opens with the same story every night. He judges the audience reaction, and then that determines when he reaches back into the file to pull out the next story, which one it is. And the reaction to that one determines the next one. So he doesn't do, hi, I'm Mark Twain, blah, 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 A, B, C, D, and he's done. It's, hi, I'm Mark Twain, story, okay, you need to hear this. So I say that because I'm a fanatic about scripting. Uh, I... Uh, took a company that was just getting rolling and took it to astronomical heights based on you will learn the script or you won't come around here. And we took people off milk trucks who made $360,000 the first year off the milk truck, took a waiter in Tiburon, California, and six months later, he was president of our Mexican operation. Uh, and it's, so I'm, I'm just fanatical about it. And I talk about beating Zig. Zig was better than I was, uh, and he had a good partner, Mel Lanius, who, like my good partner, Jimmy Rucker, was a killer closer. Both of them were. 
but the night that I won, and I didn't know I'd won. I frankly didn't. I knew I was in the, probably in the top 10, but I didn't know I was in the running, running. It wasn't a big deal to me. Uh, but the night that uh, the last night of the contest, the last day of the contest, Zig in Columbia, South Carolina, held a celebratory dinner because he had won the mystery prize, which he figured was better than the Rolls Royce, since they called it a mystery prize. He's having a celebration. I made two sales presentations that night, and that's the margin by which I beat him. So I'm a big believer in come early, stay late, work on weekends, know your presentation, sell a quality product. And if you do that, you win. Jim Rohn used to talk about if you, and I may not have the numbers right, but he said if you can close nine out of ten sales, and I can close seven out of 10 sales, and we get into a contest, I will beat you. Because I know my ratios, and I will outwork you. And so my sevens will total up to more than your nines. That, to me, was a, a great breakthrough in thinking. Just outwork. I'm, I've, never, I've never been in a situation, with a possible exception of kindergartners, where I was the smartest person in the room. But nobody outworks me. I love that. So that's, that's it. That's, that's the, the, that sounds like that's the best takeaway of advice for people is get there early, work early, stay late, outwork everybody around you, but then also make sure you have a script. Get good, yeah. That, get good and, and present your script. Well, I love how you say that, that you were, you, you've been fanatical about scripting and that actually, that makes me want to really focus on that with our company and just because really dial it in. I've seen some of the best organizations in my industry specifically are the ones that were fanatical about scripting. And just to be hired, before you even get hired, you come with your memorized presentation. Otherwise, get out of here. You're Excellent. not hired. That would save a lot of companies a lot of time and trouble if they do that. Uh, you, you have to learn it first <laughs> to get in the door. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I'm a, when it comes to scripting uh, and sales letters, I'm an idiot savant. And uh, Mitchell loves it when I say that because I have to say it together real quick. Not idiot savant. It's idiot savant. Uh, I, I can uh, buy time fast, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I can. Uh, hear a presentation and when there's the wrong word, the wrong syllable, the wrong emphasis in the back of my head, ding, 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 ding. That's wrong. You know, do it this way, do it that way. And I've had remarkable results with companies with minor modifications. In fact, I never start with my script, you know, here it is, go try this. Uh, by the time I hand it to them, A, I've already tried it. But where my starting point always is give me your script. Many times they don't have one. I say, fine, write one. Give me your best shot at it. That way I don't have to learn your business. I don't only think about solar except shiny things on the roof and your electricity bill allegedly goes down. That's the beginning in my knowledge of solar. So if I did a script for you, I'd say, give me your script. If you don't have one, write one up. If you're not good at writing, record your presentation, maybe on a live call, have somebody transcribe it and send it to me. When I see it, I will get ding, ding, ding. Why do you say that? If you just said it this way, McDonald's has a new one. It's become one of my favorites. Uh, McDonald's is a dead-end job. It's a this, it's a that, and so on, which is interesting because the CEO started flipping hamburgers at McDonald's. Uh, so apparently it's not quite that dead-end if you're good at it. 
But on their commercials now, McDonald's, America's best first job. Mm-hmm. Now, whoever came up with that should be in the Hall of Fame. In one sentence, it overcomes all the problems, all the objections. And, you know, yeah, you're probably not going to spend the rest of your life here saying you want fries with that. Uh, but, and they're on script. Have you noticed at McDonald's? They're on script. Yes. <laughs> they, don't, they don't leave it to chance. You know, is that it? that all you want? You want fries with that? You want a supersize? You want the big one? You want the, you know, uh, just those little things. Elmer Wheeler uh, caused an egg shortage. He's the one that said, sell the sizzle, not the steak. He caused an egg shortage in the United States by going to Woolworths had hired him. And they said, we want to increase egg sales. Those sits at the end of a counter, I think, in Chicago and watches them work and so on. And some guy came in, I'd like a milkshake, please, and put an egg in that. He'd never heard of that before. Lady nodded. She knew what he meant. He's watching her. She mixes it up and puts an egg in it. And so he said to the lady, does that make it taste better? She said, some people won't have a milkshake without a raw egg in it today. Maybe they wouldn't even allow that. I don't know. But... uh, so Elmer Wheeler caused an egg shortage by having every lady at Woolworths, which was, gosh, you may not even know what Woolworths was. F.W. Woolworths was the largest retail chain in the world. It was also, because of its 24, 34 miles of lunch counters, the large, largest restaurant chain in the world. Um, and so his deal was uh, he put a dozen eggs or more under every counter. They had these circular counters. Every lady had a circle and about 10 people to take care of. Put the eggs under the counter. When everybody, anyone ordered a milkshake, Elmer Wheeler's entire contribution was she palmed two eggs, picked them up, and said, one egg or two. And enough people who never thought of having one said one. Enough people who had one, like that guy he heard, said two. One's good, two must be better. They drained the eggs from the United States for whatever time it takes for the farmers to catch back up. One egg or two. America's best first job. Uh, We Mm. saved the answering service business, and at that point we saved the industry because we were the industry. I started the 800 call center business. People would call in. We were having a higher attrition rate of people who had a message account than I thought we were going to have. To the point, if that continued, we weren't going to be in business. And uh, so I sat in the control room one day with my headset on, acting like I was taking calls, but I was really listening to what was going on around me. And what was going on is salespeople calling in from the field to see if they have any messages. They're beaten down. They're depressed. They haven't made the money they want. And our people were saying to them, I never told them any different. No, you don't have any message, sir. And after about, I heard that about 10 times, I thought, whoa, uh, that must be bad news when you're in Chicago and live in Kansas City. You know. So we changed it to, you're all clear, sir. It was good news. You know, I'm not going to have to bother you with messages. You're right. all clear, Sue, sir. And we went from like a 40% attrition rate to nothing. Nothing. So it's, it's, there's little fine ways to say something better. And if you guys aren't, if you, oh, and Josh, when you say that, you'll get this resistance. I don't like scripts. Script sounds can. They said blah, 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 blah. Well, a poorly done script does sound can. But anyone who's been in selling over 30 days is on a script. They say the same thing 
all the time. The difference is, is it a good, tested, effective script? That's the question. They're on a script. And he had an objection I couldn't overcome. After you've been selling 30 days, you've heard every objection there is. There are only so many. So since you know all of the objections, shouldn't you have a prepared response for each of those objections? I mean, doesn't that just sort of make sense? Like a, like a play when they're up on stage and somebody walks, A, nobody just walks into the scene. Therefore, the actor doesn't go, whoa, what are you doing here? He expects the person to come in and say the following things. And so it's called scripting, television shows, scripting the news. While he's looking at you smiling, he's reading a teleprompter that goes right over the camera. So right over the, the lens. Everything that's effective is scripted. Uh, so why wouldn't you? So it's, uh, as you were talking, what popped in my head, although not, a, not directly a script, but a multi-billion dollar increase to business was Paul Mitchell. He added one word to a bottle. Lather, rinse, and his billion dollar, multi-billion dollar contribution, and repeat. Excellent. Excellent. I didn't know where that came from. I, I see it in selling now all the time. Do this, do this, do this, and repeat. But that's where it came from. Powerful. Yeah. And then, Josh, I'm, I know you guys have wonderful sales training already. I'm assuming. Either that you've got such a great product, you've been able to get away with it, not having it. But no, 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 no. He's, Josh, is, Josh is spectacular and constantly... Reading, learning, challenging. Um, so this show, you're actually on the show, Grow Your 1099. And we go through episodes. Some of our episodes, we just bring a book and talk about it. So mm -hmm. it's. Well, here's one you should bring and talk about. The Closers Part 2. The whole Closer series is great. Oh, selling most man, if you didn't do this, books. I'd be disappointed. <laughs> but in The Closers Part 2, The Secret of My Sales Success, the whole book is excellent is the last chapter, Sales Infiltration, it starts on page 257, and I was able to write down the nuances and subtleties of how those of us who finally got it, did it, and it's called Sales Infiltration. If your people will learn that, in addition to the wonderful stuff you're already teaching them, you'll see a marked difference. Not sort of we feel better, you'll see it on the sales chart, blip, blip, blip. Oh, man. I love that. I love that. We, we, we're about to start a book of the month club where we read a book once every month as a company. All right. And I'm going to propose that book as, as the book that we read. Um, to, to I, I would out. appreciate it. More importantly, you would appreciate it. I used to tell people when Ziggler was alive and from time to time, we would find ourselves in a competitive situation after we were out of the cosmetic business and so on. They said, should we use your thing or Zig's system? I said, I, I, I care selfishly. I'd rather you use the closers. I said, at that time, I still have two kids to get through college and one through law school. So I, I needed <laughs> the income. But the honest answer is pick one. Zig stuff is excellent. Uh, and uh, the closers is excellent. Uh, it's the most stolen book in America. I'm told if you work in a sales organization and you want to test the theory, leave it on your desk and go to lunch. If when you get back, it's still sitting there, you're not in a sales organization. 
somebody will somebody will have snatched it because they've heard about it or whatever. But if you started with the close, the whole series is great. But if you started with uh, Closers Part Two and taught them nothing but sales infiltration, it's the best thing I think ever written about selling. I promise you, it's the best thing I've ever written about selling, and I've written some pretty good stuff. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're absolutely going to apply that in our company. And um, I'm excited to learn more about it. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll give you a, a follow up with how the numbers increase after. If I can jump on uh, a camera with you and, and help in some meetings, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, love that's beautiful. Thank you. Hey, Josh. So I know it's really hard. We're, we're already double our normal time. So because um, <laughs> Ben... You're intriguing and beautiful to listen to. So thanks for joining us. So let me just open it up for you, Josh. So Ben, I'm going to ask you, uh, you know, what question we should have asked that we didn't. So you get a chance to wrap up. But Josh, do you want to summarize what what you heard today and and uh, and, and add any more value to to uh, to this show? Oh man, I I don't know if I can add m- more value necessarily. Um, the well, I'll try. I'll try. I'm going to try. Um, <laughs> of course so, you will. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, surprise! So just, surprise! Surprise! <laughs> just 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 to summarize, um, there were so many key points that you talked about. Um, the the biggest like take home takeaway right now is I want to get my hands on the closers too. And I want every single member of my company to get their hands on that. Um, um, I'm posting a link to it in the Facebook, uh, in the perfect. Facebook post. So perfect. So can easily see um, every single person in our, in our organization, and then anybody who's watching this as well, buy the book, download it. Um, and uh, focus on that, on that chapter sales and, and infiltration. Um, and so with that, um, rewinding back to the beginning, the, just the story, your history, like seeing where you started out, where you came from, uh, say 20, 22 year old or 25 year old, 22 starting 22 starting out. And then 25, you became the president of the largest uh, multi-level marketing company in the country at the time. In the world in the world at the time. Um, well, just, let's, let's say the galaxy. Just, yeah, let's, just why not? Yeah, yeah, okay. What do we that know? Just, it, it's, it's fun because I, I hear that story and it really resonates with me because that's, that's what the book 300K at 26 is all about, is about achieving off-the-charts results at a young age and being, being actually the best version of yourself as quickly as you possibly can and always having this attitude of self-improvement, self-development um, and learning from the best. Josh, I'm going to, I'm going to do something live. I should never do. Ben, we haven't published that book yet. We would be honored if you wanted to write a review or write a forward for it. I'll be happy to do that. And I'll show you how I do it off the air. We don't take up time, but yes, I would be honored. Oh, thank you. That's thank awesome. Thank you. Um, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm really excited. I want to make um, you blush, Josh. I think I did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Mitchell. Um, but I just, it's, it's, it's kind of neat hearing you saying like, you're like, I, I see you right now. And I'm like, I see, um, I see my past basically. And a lot of, lot of good ahead, a lot of bad ahead. Um, and it's just, I don't know. I, I see, 
I just see you and I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for what the future holds. And it reminds me how much I love sales and selling and how it more so than a career or a job, it feels like a calling and it feels like it's just a part of who I am. And I know that resonates with other people. And I know there are other people out there that aren't in sales that should be in sales that should be ultimately focused on this because they'll absolutely change their lives and the people who they're selling to will absolutely change their lives. So I, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited. You, you, you've given me a lot of enthusiasm for the future and um, yeah, work, work hard, get out there early, stay late um, and have a script. That's, that's basically the, the, the summary that I want everybody to, to and take a quality away. product that's competitively priced and so yes, 80, 85% comes from, comes from that. The All rest problems go away. Yeah. I was doing a seminar years ago in, and had a lot of automobile people in the room and uh, you may, may not be old enough to remember the Yugo. It was a car from Yugoslavia. Uh, the biggest piece of garbage ever put on four wheels. It had a rear, rear, uh, rear window defroster. So your hands wouldn't get cold when you pushed it. And uh, uh, they came to my seminar and sit in front left first three or four rows i'll never forget them because they were noticeable in that they were even more shabbily dressed than the other car salesmen in the room i mean it was like the head bums of the questionable people and so when i'm raised their hand we're having a problem selling cars and i said okay uh what, what's your problem well we don't know i said what do you sell they said you goes and i busted up laughing i said is that the only dealership in your town no. So you drove past the Ford dealership, the Chevrolet dealership, the Cadillac, whatever was around at the time. You know, you drove past all that and decided to sell a car that is a joke. <laughs> I'll tell you how to sell. I give you two pieces of advice. One, if you take this, you don't need the second one. But one, get a gun, get people in the closing room and threaten to kill them and their children if they don't buy. That, that would buy, probably sell some Yugos. Uh, and then... The second one, if you don't follow that advice, is go back from directly from this meeting to your desk with a paper bo- a cardboard box, <laughs> empty out your desk, and go to a dealership that doesn't sell crap. Just try that. See what that's like. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, I, I've heard through the grapevine, I don't know for, I couldn't prove it, that the entire sales team left that seminar, went to the office, packed up, and left. <laughs> It, you know, it, hopefully they went on to sell something else. But, you know, uh, you're you're I, the I reason I haven't heard of a Yugo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm among them. Yeah. <laughs> that and Yugo owners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, why would you do that to yourself? When, mm. when we were in the cosmetic business, I had one request. I had genius people, ladies and all in our advertising. What we need is this. What we need is this and so on. And then I would turn to the chemist. And I'd say, here's all I ask of you. Make them happy because they the ladies were the experts on cosmetics, not me. Make them happy and make me happy so I can stand in front of the room and hold up a jar of whatever it was and say, this is the finest product available. You may or may not like the aroma. You may or may not like the color. You know, that's individual taste. But you cannot buy a finer product. This is pharma. We didn't sell anything that wasn't pharmaceutical grade ingredients. And so 
I said, that, that's all I need. Let me send me to the front of the room. I'll determine the cost. I mean, the retail based on the cost. But send me to the front of the room absolutely confident that this is as good or better than Avon, Revlon, you know, fill in the blank. No one can have a better product. And with that, we built a multi-billion dollar company. Mm. So, Ben, we and we'll come back to your your how do people reach out to you, Josh. Ben is I, I'm starting with you because because it may take longer, but it, it's very short summary of <laughs> something you'd like to add or um, or a a point of view or some question. Like if you're sitting in Josh's shoes, um, a you could say, hey, Josh, look at me. You'll still have hair when you get older or something like that, but. If you're sitting in Josh's shoes, is there a question that you should be asking yourself or something you should be doing? Or, or, or I'll, I'll leave it open for you to, to wrap up. Well, I, what I would uh, tell Josh uh, is what I came to figure out slowly, and that is get serious sooner. And I know you're serious. I know you're making money and so on. But I would take a hard look at what you do is the highly paid, highly skilled profession it is. Uh, I've, I've told Mitchell in previous conversations that I can pick out a year here that was totally wasted. Uh, I have one six-year period that was almost totally wasted when I was a guest of the federal government at a gated community, uh, uh, although I got a lot of good done there. I wrote the closers part two while a guest of the federal government at Lompoc. So by the time I came out, it was a bestseller. Uh, but I would get serious sooner, and I mean deadly serious, because if you dig in now and, and get with a financial advisor, a good one, I've got some off-the-air re- uh, recommendations there, get with a good financial advisor and sock it away. If you're working at my age, it'll be because you love what you're doing, not because you have to. And what I hate seeing is salesmen with that deer-in-the-headlights look because now they're 65 and it didn't work out like because they broke all the rules we've been talking about today and didn't save and invest their money properly. And now they're working because they have to work. I'm working because I love what I do. We were talking one day, we, the billion dollar lottery or something, the first big ones a few years ago came up and Judy said, what, what would we do if we won that much money? And I said, I would call P. Michael Hunt, my financial advisor for many years. I would call P. Michael Hunt and I'd say, Mike, here's uh, your latest challenge. And I'd explain to him how much it was, hang up, and I'd go upstairs and write the next newsletter. I love what I do. I, if, if I want to get out of it, you and I wouldn't be talking today. Yeah. I, I love Beautiful. that. Thank you so much for, for, for joining us. I'm, I'm absolutely honored. We're, we're honored to have you on this show, and I'm, I'm sure everyone who's- Honor is mine. Well, that's beautiful. Ben, how do people reach out to you if they'd like to? Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, all the standard stuff. If you want to go to my website, it's bfg3.com. B is in Ben, F is in Frank, G is in Gay, the numeral 3.com. And if you want to get the books, gosh, listen up. If you want to get the books, at special pricing with free shipping. Uh, they are currently featured at stores.ebay.com slash Ronzoni Books, R-O-N-Z-O-N-E Books, all one word, of course. And they feature everything I have lower than you can get it at my website. 
go sign up with me so we can stay in touch, but don't buy there. Buy from Ronzoni Books. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. And Josh, how about you? How do people reach out? Um, Facebook, um, LinkedIn. I am also on LinkedIn. And then um, you can email me as well. It's uh, josh at elitesolarpros.com. And uh, Mitchell, what about you to wrap up? Yeah, so guys, phenomenal episode. Thank you. I, if I'm going to summarize, I'll say one thing. I am honored to see the synergy between the two of you and both of your love and passion for what you have set out to do in your life and have accomplished and what you've set out to do and have accomplished so far, Josh, and still have so many more years to go. So I'm, to me, this is the perfect type of setting when you could see people who love what they do and do what they love and they play all the time making that happen. That's just perfect. Um, for me, for those I want to reach out, just uh, Google my name, Mitchell Levy, and connect to me on the social media platform that is relevant for you. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Plus, which I heard is going away. I got to verify that. Um, Snap, Pinterest, and something else. So Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so and, and whatever. And whatever. Yeah, if, if there's something I'm not on and you think I need to be there, send me a note. And we'll you know, uh, Hey, guys, thanks for a phenomenal episode of Grow Your 1099. Uh, Everyone who's been watching, thanks for joining us. We'll see you at the next episode. Take care. Bye now. Bye. Thank you. This is Mitchell Levy, the AHA guy from AHA That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Grow Your 1099, where Josh Jones and I are helping to propel the door-to-door sales industry as one that's a great occupation. To learn more about Grow Your 1099, Go to http colon slash slash aha dot pub slash grow your 1099. And to learn more about creating and sharing your aha moments, go to aha that dot com slash author, where you can also find a link to book strategy session. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.